Wouldn't you love to know how to create, grow, and preserve your wealth? Well, you are now in the right place. Welcome to the Wealth Wise Podcast, all courtesy of VM Wealth Management. It's one thing to explore all our options for building wealth, but tell you what, without budgeting, does it even make sense? The simple definition for the word budgeting is the process of creating a plan to spend your money. Creating this plan allows you to determine in advance whether you will have enough money to do the things you need to do or would like to do. Budgeting is simply balancing your expenses with your income. That being said, if you have no idea how much you're spending each month, then how will you know how much to save? Food for thought, right? Our guest this week will teach us some life hacks on how to balance life and money on a budget. Now, as a reminder, you can find us on vmwealthwise.buzzsprout.com as well as the VM YouTube channel. Please do not forget our LinkedIn page at VM Wealth Management. Now, for this episode, our budgeting tips will come from our guest, Patricia Henry, who has over 25 years experience in accounting and finance. She holds an MBA in finance and is also a member of the Association of Chartered Accountants. Today, she is our budgeting auntie. I like the sound of that. <laughs> now, who is the budget auntie? Now, Pat, let's, let's start by the nickname. How did it come about? Okay, so of course, budget would have to be in the name. And auntie, I wanted to give off a rich auntie vibe. <laughs> Because you have to speak it into being. Amen. So more than budgeting and crunching numbers, I am also about lifestyle. I am a creative. I like to cook. I squeeze the juice out of life. I travel. I decorate. And I so I wanted a name to embody all of that, you know, lifestyle, budgeting, just doing everything so that, you know, I wanted to be relatable and approachable persons could approach me, you know, as an auntie that, you know, look like she has it all together. I, I love the sound of that. I need to learn some things from, from you in that regard. <laughs> now, who exactly is budget auntie? And when did you realize your passion for assisting persons with their financial journey? Well, of course, as you said, I'm a chartered accountant, I have an MBA, so I'm a figurehead if you want to call it that. But more than that, I was, well, I am a single mother. In fact, I'm also a grandmother. But I had my first child at 18, so it's teenage pregnancy. At 20, I had my two children. Can you imagine that? No, my first job was a heart trainee mm -hmm. with two children at 20. No, imagine how I had to juggle the little money that I had. In fact, I had two children for my high school boyfriend. And so I was a single mother at 20 with two children and two sexy accounts and English. No, the money had to stretch. So I was forced to budget because I knew that I had my my life was going to be different from my children, and I was determined about that. You said you went to Kingston College. <laughs> I my children grew up in the country. In fact, they came to Kingston at age twelve and ten. 
and then one went to Kinson College and one went to Campion College. So imagine me working through every layer of accounting for the sake of these children, hard trainee to payroll clerk, to senior accounting clerk, uh, chief accountant, financial controller, chief financial officer, not many chartered accountants get the opportunity to work through every layer of accounting. So it, may, it meant, therefore, that I had the aptitude, but also the attitude towards money and life and planning. Listen, I just love that story and it, 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 ins- it inspires me so much. But I just want to take a, 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 quick pa- a quick pause to just big up all the Kingston College listeners. <laughs> but Antipat, trust me, mm. my budget auntie, that story, we haven't even gone through the, the full interview, but I'm so inspired and ready to, to get on my budgeting. Sure about that. Right? <laughs> sure about that. Now, I want to pick up the questions with the term financial freedom. What right. does it exactly mean? Well... Financial freedom freedom means that I'm in control of my money and life choices. It means that I am saving, I am investing financially, and just having enough money to take care of me and my loved ones. Having enough money, having enough money, you know, for my retirement, and having enough so that I can also help others. You know, charity work. That's what financial freedom means to me. I love the sound of that, right? Now, you would have mentioned that budgeting started really early for you, right? right. Around the age of about 20. I would so, say that. Mm-hmm. So can, we, can you tell me more about, you know, when it started, how you started doing it? Well, you know, they say your money, your, your personality trait really dictates your money trade. Mm-hmm. So although I'm a chartered accountant, I believe it is more than that. It's my drive for life. At 20, I already had two children, but I wanted something big for them. So I was a, always a big thinker, seriously. And so I started, first of all, I was sending them to the best prep school in St. Thomas. It was a small school and it was expensive, maybe out, out of my league, but mm. I was determined that I was going to give them a good start. And so I started savings by salary deduction, because if the money is coming out of your salary, then you don't have access. You can say so that again. I said the school, the, the school fee is X for the term. I divided it in three and I was sending it to the credit union mm-hmm. and then month. Three, I go back for the money and pay the school fee. So I had to really position, put myself in a position to help the student, to help my children. Remember too, I said I had two sexies. And so I had to also improve myself in order to earn more to also help them. So, so I was true. budgeting towards my education as well. I, I love that. No, just right off that question and on that topic of, you know, plans and tools of budgeting, could you share with me some more tips for creating this budget? Well, let me tell you, um, every year for the past many, many years, the January 1st, I pull up an Excel spreadsheet and, you know, they say, if you think it, you should ink it. Every January, I apply for my NHD contributions. 
January 1st, and the same day I set up my budget for the year. I look at my income and my expenditure. I think it's it does something for me psychologically. Mm-hmm. So as I said, if you think it, you should ink it. So write it down. Write it down on a paper. Draw it if you want to do that. But there are also sophisticated budgeting apps that people like, I'm sure like you, <laughs> would be using. You know, so there are mm-hmm. two. Those are the tools I would say. You can use an Excel spreadsheet, write it down, or you can use a budgeting app. Okay. Right. Now, many persons are under the impression that only persons with lump sum earnings need a budget. What is your opinion on that statement? All of us should be budgeting. You have you, you, you have heard about the 50-30-20 principle yeah. where you should be using 50% towards your necessity, 20, um, 30% to your wants, and 20% you should be investing and saving or paying off some debt with that 20%. So it doesn't matter how much you're earning, you ought to be investing. And investing doesn't mean big amount of money. Remember, the only way to create wealth or get rich is to invest. And so you have to start small and grow and get the compound effect of, you know, really earning more on the little money that you have. All right. Thank you for that. Now, you've you've heard it. I've heard it so many times, right? Why do I need a budget when I already know that all my money goes into bills. Why? Well, so remember the budget is a plan of how you're going to spend the money that you have. So once you start crafting the budget, budget looking at your income and your expenditure, you're going to realize that you have to do something if everything is going into bills. It means you need to cut your costs somehow or you have to improve on your income stream. In you know, Improving on your income stream could mean studying. It could mean... Side also, there are so many things that we can do nowadays to earn extra money. If you have a green thumb, plant and sell the plants. You have Instagram there that you can sell it on. You can, if you're a baker, you bake, you sell. These are additional things that you can do to get additional income. And of course, if you cannot save that 20%, it means you're living above your means or you need to really increase your income streams. It's fair, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, so I have, I have one more question here. Mm-hmm. Now, we've, hear it, we've heard it so many times, you know, you know, in school, primary school coming up. Is there an age that is too young to start learning about money, money management? Absolutely not. In fact, the earlier you start... Mm-hmm the better for you. And as I said, it doesn't matter how much you're going to start with because you really need to start saving and investing to benefit from the compound effect. Now, um, financial literacy isn't really um, taught in school strictly, but I think um, the topic is becoming much more open for us to talk about now, like you and I sitting here and just Mm -hmm. chatting about it. And, you know, with social media, words are getting out there. So persons are understanding that the only way for us to get wealth and create generational wealth is to invest. And so we should start, you know, speaking to our teenagers from as early as age 13, 14, just talking to them about money management and just general financial um, um, literacy. 
All right. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Now, in your opinion, right? Mm -hmm. And we're, we're sticking on the theme of budgeting again. Mm -hmm. Why is it so important for, for, for persons to stick to that budget? Well, the budget, budgeting is really a plan. And if you want to get rich, if you want to improve yourself, if you really want to grow wealth and create generational wealth, if you want to have enough money to really maintain your lifestyle, then you must have a plan. Is you know, budgeting is one of the well, budgeting is a, a clear financial goals that every one of us should have. So it's very important that we have that in place and stick to that. You don't want to be going outside of your budget. If you're doing that, it pretty much means that you're um, living above your means. And that is really not mm -hmm. good. That is really a recipe for disaster in the long run. Right. You can say that again. So all mm -hmm. young persons, old persons can remember how important it is to, to budget. Right. Now, what is an appropriate time frame to budget for? A month, a week, a quarter? Well, I like to budget. Well, as I said, January 1st, I really craft my annual budget month by month. I lay it out. But things change. You're going to have some roadblocks. And we're not going to be, um, there's, it's no albatross around our necks to stick to any one number. So as situation changes, you're also going to change those numbers on a monthly basis. So if your income is coming in more so monthly, then you should be looking at it monthly. But I would say set out an annual budget and then you go back to it every single month and change those numbers. That's what we call forecast mm -hmm. in companies and change those numbers to reflect current realities. Sounds like something I personally need to start doing more often, yeah, right? right? I, I do think I'm a little bit neglectful in terms of going back to it. Even if I create it for maybe a month or a week, no. I, I don't, you know, go back and adjust. No, man, it's always psychological to go back. Look at what happened in COVID. I mm. mean, none of us didn't plan for that. Yeah. And so, you know, persons like creatives, you know, their income stream would have shrinked so much. So you would have to go back and realign some of the plans that you would have made January is not going to be relevant here in May based on everything else that is happening. So you should always go back. So true. So true. No, what are some key things to note when creating a budget? All right. So you should be very deliberate just looking at every all of your income streams, whether if you're salaried employees, you're going to ensure that you have all of that in the budget. But some things that persons, um, sometimes we don't um, include in our budget. Well, let us look at, say, your insurance that mm -hmm. is due in July. Persons may have that in July as an outflow, but I would say look at the cost of your insurance, divide it in 12, and then you save that over a 12-month period so that when you get to July and you're paying sixty or 70000 for your insurance, at least you have that money. You're not waiting until July. You're taking $60,000 out of your salaries. So I would say look at those one-offs and you're going to save it over time. We call it sinking fund. Mm -hmm. Put away those monies so that when you're ready to pay, at least you would have accumulated the fund. So I would always say, look out for those. Look out for your car licenses. 
your, you know, insurance, your vacation, you shouldn't get up today and said, well, in August, I am going to Thailand so that I can pose, pose with the elephants <laughs> for the gram, right? You must also be saving towards that. So nobody's saying you can't go on vacation, but you should be saving for that on a monthly basis. Date night, you don't meet a girl yeah. you know, today and say, tomorrow night we're going out, you know? A so you should bank. also put away some money, mm-hmm. you know, Javon, for your date night <laughs> as well. You know, I love the fact that you brought up, you know, vacations and date night because so many persons, they, they don't think that that's a budget item. Of course it right? is. Right? You just get up and you use your credit card and go on vacation. But no. that, I guess, runs people in, in trouble. No. So when my children were going to high school, perhaps I could just go to um, Florida, mm-hmm. maybe for vacation. Or we would go to Jamaica Grand, I recall. But, you know, after university or they're almost through university, you find that you have a little bit more that is still vacation. Yeah. So vacation down by Jamaica Grand or Moon Palace or Negril is still vacation. I just want to make that clear. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as things change and your situation improve, then you can start going to Thailand or Europe and all that jazz. So basically a step at a time. It's a step at a time. All right. No. <laughs> On that note, how do I prepare for extracurricular activities in my budget or any other unexpected expense? Right. So you should have what we call an emergency fund. And it is really three to six months of your necessities. Mm -hmm. So and your necessities, your mortgage, your rent, your utilities, all of those you should be setting aside. So just in case, you know, you have some issues, some emergency, you could always fall back on that. Yeah. So you should be saving towards um, your emergency and just putting it away. So that's also in the 20% that okay. you're building up over time. And, you know, I like the fact that you you touched on that because my next question, what is a good and comfortable budget? Well... I would say um, the budget that covers your 50, 20, 30, that is really a good budget because at least you're saving the 20% because the 20% is really what is going to take us to the next level. All right. And I want to speak more about that little rule that you just mentioned. Right. Is there room to improve? Sure. I guess if you you have more disposable income, but I want to speak more about it in in terms of budgeting and actually increasing versus can we decrease it? Say, what if we run into more more um, trouble in life, uh, unexpected expenses? Does this rule still apply? Do we need to stick to it strictly? Yes, I think it's a really, really good guide mm-hmm. because it doesn't matter if you're earning 100000 a month or 500000 a month. You should be saving that 20%. You can't be living, you know, paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. That is not progress. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what you're earning. You, sh- or you really ought to be saving. If you can't save, something is wrong. It means you're living above your means. Maybe you have to look back at your budget to see what you can cut. And as I said, you also can improve yourself. You could also look, every single one of us have something that we can teach or impart to others. Mm -hmm. You could set up something on your balcony and teach some students mathematics, you know, what you learned at Casey, some (laughs) students, and earn extra money. So every single one of us have something that we can 
teach. Mm-hmm. And so you we have to capitalize on those things and you know in you know for income generation. So we could be looking at just different forms of income, more than one revenue streams. That is what is going to push us over the edge. Every single time in my life, I was saving, despite the fact that I was a single mom with two children. Mm -hmm. And I sent them to universities. They don't have any student loan. And we did everything. Listen, and trust me, I hope the listeners are taking notes <laughs> because I'm getting some real nuggets here. <laughs> right. Trust me. No, I, I would have mentioned like debts earlier in terms of going out on, on vacation and stuff like that with credit mm-hmm. cards, etc. Mm-hmm. Tell me, how quickly should I be clearing my debts? You know, loans, credit cards, stuff like that. Well, as it relates to debt, Debt really can prevent us from saving that 20%. When Mm -hmm. debt is in the equation, it it could be struggling. So one of the things we need to do is to avoid the credit card debt. I'm not saying that you can't have a credit card. Credit card and same-day loans is some 50% interest, 48, Mm -hmm. 50% interest per annum you're looking at, you know. Yeah. That's a whole lot of money. So we have to watch the swipe. We have to manage the credit card. We have to know our payment date and our due dates. We have to swipe what we can manage. We have to pay on time to avoid additional interest. Mm -hmm. And you have to know when to swipe your card. So you have to maximize the number of days that you get on your credit card. I could give an example. So for instance, your credit card um, statement date is the 25th. Yeah. And you want to make a big purchase. You want to make a a big purchase. You don't make it on the 24th. Possible you make it on the 26th Mm -hmm. so that it appear on the following month statement to give you the maximum amount of time to pay back that credit card. So you should know your statement date and your due date. That's very, very important. I would also say, look at debt with a higher interest rate, Mm -hmm. just in case you are saddled with with debt because none of us is perfect. And I'm not saying no debt is really how you manage them. And so you should look to pay off the debt with bigger interest, you know, Mm -hmm. sooner than the others with with smaller interest. So um, credit card and same-day loans are usually high-interest rate debt, and you should try to stay away from those. But if you get yourself um, trapped, you know, try and pay off those first before other debts, such as your mortgage or anything like that. I need to have this recording in my back pocket. <laughs> so I, I remember all these tips, right? right. Trust me. No. What if I end up with a little extra money than budgeted for? What do you suggest I do? Definitely, I would say you need to save that. Let's put it away. It don't mean you have to splurge. <laughs> so I, I shouldn't pay extra on, on, on debt and expenses? If you have debts. Mm. Well, definitely. If there are debt in the portfolio, then you could pay towards the higher interest rate debt. Okay. Right. No, I us... thought it was outside of paying debt and everything. You still have some money, but it's okay. Okay. Okay, right. great. Let us say I have successfully completed my budget and have identified that I'm not making enough money to cover all my major expenses. Right. What do you suggest I do? Well, the first thing I would say is to look back at your expenses. Mm-hmm. 
Um, can you move from a bigger house to a smaller property? Can you move back to the side of your parents' <laughs> house? You know, I'm just kidding there. But what I'm saying, you have to look back to see there's always something that we can cut mm-hmm. in the budget. You know, we can conserve on electricity because, you know, the light bill go. You know, you can conserve on that. You can eat out less on the road, cook your meals, you know, take lunch to work. You know, you can carpool. There are so many different things that you could do to cut costs if you really sit and and think about it. And as I, and as I said before, persons are looking at multi, multiple income streams nowadays. And I gave examples earlier you know, of things that you can do, things that you can sell. You may have things that in your home, maybe mm-hmm. you're a gadget guy, you have three, four, five phone, sell a few of them. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, so there are things in your home that you can sell. The ladies, especially that buy a whole lot of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, you could ask a friend and, and sell, maybe sell half price and get some extra money. So there's always things around us that we can sell, but also we can um, reduce expense and also increase um, our incomes. So in a nutshell then, try to live within your means and not above. Absolutely. Great, great, right. great, great. So how should I maintain and update this budget of mine? Yes. Every single month, I go back to my budget when I'm paying my bills and I just record them because it's an Excel spreadsheet. It mm-hmm. takes me two, three minutes. Yeah. And then you you will see the pattern. So remember, I crafted the budget in January. I'm now at me. So if I had $12,000 per month for the light bill or for the gas, you see what is happening with gas? Yeah. You'll have to pretty much craft that line all mm-hmm. over. And that is why it is so important for you to go back and just look at your pattern and adjust the forecast going forward. So I would say every single month, you should go back mm. and look at your budget. Because life changes so frequently. We have to keep in tune with the news and stuff Absolutely. like that. Right. Now, as a mother, how do you teach your children budgeting? And at what age did you start implementing that mindset? Well, from... As far back as I can remember, because there are a lot of things that we couldn't afford. And so I would have, you know, back then I would explain to them why we can't do this, why you can't get the braces now versus, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know. And so why I'm choosing to give your sister the braces and then you work, wait another two years. Mm -hmm. So those were choices that I had to make. And every step of the way, once they were old enough, 13, 14, I would explain, um, I would explain these things to them. You know, I have a joke to give you. Maybe you might too um, um, young to know this, but there was a point in time when um, this, the children would be online and mm-hmm. they would be, what was it? I can't explain the technology, but you would be online and your friend would be online at his, at, at, at their house on the computer yeah. and you could send them a message, like a same time message mm-hmm. via the computer. You know yeah. about that? Right. And I remember I was online because we were at one computer mm-hmm. and I was online. My daughter was at Campion at the time and her friend was sending her a message and said, where are you going with Shari? Mm-hmm. You know, I got a party tonight. 
And I am answering because she thought it was my daughter online. And I said, no, no, I don't think so, you know. So I was pretending <laughs> yeah. to be her. And she said, so what should I talk about? Should I talk about the braces? Or should I pay for still? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And I said, yes. Yeah. So they got busted. Yeah. I didn't say a thing to them. Maybe years after I give them the mm. joke and they were the, dying the, with the laughter. The bag. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but at least she was telling her friend yeah. that I was paying on the braces and I mm. just couldn't afford the parties. So you have to sacrifice. And mm. so they learned early that there was some sacrifice in the mix. It was me alone. So, so basically you would tie budgeting to sacrificing effectively. Right. Great. Um, no, what would you say to persons who would like to say money was made for spending? Isn't you know, that there you now gets people in a lot of trouble? That that statement there. You can't live in your future when it comes to money. You mm. have to live in the now. And your budget is what guides the now. Mm -hmm. So once you start swiping. And having all of these debt with that, you know, all of these debt hanging over your head, you're pretty much living in the future. You can't catch up out of time, out of over time, things gonna spiral out of control. That quote there, you cannot live in the future when it comes to money. I think that's a that's gonna be the quote for the month for me. Right. Right. Trust right, me. That right. was a powerful one. Right. No. What are some long-term strategies we can implement to expand our budget? Yeah, so I would say um, we must set clear financial goals. And when I talk about financial goals, you know, we should set smart goals. We should be specific, measurable. It should mm -hmm. be achieved, achievable. We should have some time you know, realistic yeah. and time-based. You know, they use that acronym a lot in human resource to mm -hmm. set um, short-term incentives. I usually use that, you know, in the context of setting financial goals. So you should lay out, you know, what you plan to do with your money and your investment in the short, medium, and long-term. Once you do that, the budgeting is just a part of the financial goal that you know, yeah. so it's like I could say, well, I intend to own my home in five years. And in order for me to do that, I need to save one million dollar mm -hmm. for my down payment. Yeah. So I have to set out clear goals. how I am going to achieve that one million dollar, whether I'm going to work extra overtime at work, whether I'm going to start uh, um, aside also, whether mm -hmm. I'm going to swipe my credit card less and then put away the money so again know? sacrificing sacrificing all right now let's circle back to our topic on the debts right what is your take on loans you know i've heard in some instances that that loans are unavoidable is this true and if yes how can i prepare financially to take out a loan all right so i want to talk about myself a little bit as it relates to the loan so I have been working since age 20, mm -hmm. as I said before, and I cannot recall going to my employer and asking for a salary advance. Mm -hmm. I don't like to see loans coming out of my pay yeah. because I feel if you borrow this month, next month, you're back in the same situation. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, avoid that. But there are instances, I mean, a mortgage loan is important. 
And I don't do the same day loan. I do have a credit card, but I really stay away from loans. Mm. Okay. That's it. But I do have credit card and of course mortgage. I don't have a mortgage now, but I mean, I would have had to take a mortgage loan. Mm. Perhaps I should talk a little bit about the mortgage loan. So I remember when my first house was at Portmore as 25 at the time, Mm -hmm. when we were now moving from country, from St. Thomas to Kingston. And, but I didn't live in Portmore. I rented in Kingston because I wanted the children to be closer to school and as I, stu- mm-hmm. I was studying at the time. But I was able to sell that house as I progressed in my career and bought another house in Kingston, a townhouse in Kingston. So that was my down payment. Mm-hmm. When I was getting that house in Kingston, I could only afford a 30-year mortgage or maybe I wasn't as smart enough because the mortgage company offered me a 30-year mortgage mm-hmm. and I did not explore that too much. I was so happy for the house. Yeah. I took the third, But quickly, I realized that I didn't have to take a 30-year mortgage. I could have, you know. So I went back to the mortgage company when I realized that um, rates were falling and said, listen, but interest rates are falling. I want to look back at my loan. When they look back at the loan, it meant that my monthly payment was getting smaller, but I was affording it. And I said, tell you what, take off, take off some years of the mortgage. Yeah. I did that twice. And before you knew it, I had a 15-year mortgage on my home. Mm-hmm. What it meant is that my equity in the home started growing so much. And I think that is what has really pushed me forward in life financially, yeah. that decision that I make. So loan is not bad. It's really what you do with the loan. And how you manage it in terms of you the tenure. It in okay. terms of tenure, you need to have your money squad that you can talk to your budget auntie or to you, <laughs> you know. But back in the day, we used to just take, um, don't want to talk about money because we weren't, mm. pretty much we weren't, our parents never teach up. Par- my, like, like my parents did teach me to talk about money. Yeah. And so you don't want to talk to people about it, but we're getting more open. Yeah. So, you know, when in doubt, you just call up some friends, call up your budget auntie, and you talk about, you know, embarking on a journey for loan. What if it's a small business and you have done your assessment and, and you have seen that, you know, you can get some return from it? I would say go for it. But to take the loan for the carnival weekend, the carnival mm. costume, or to go on a cruise, absolutely not. So... Again, let me just, you know, I'm, I'm a quick learner, so I always like to, to repeat and, and, and as I go. Okay. So sacrificing, right? And planning properly. Planning properly. Right? Living between your means or within your means, mm-hmm. sorry. And, you know, financial freedom equates to financial freedom. freedom right. That is. Over time. All right. right. Now, I'm sure all of us here, all listeners here are wondering how they can get the budget ante to assist them on their financial journey. Well, I'm on all social media platforms. It's budget ante with a A-U-N-T-I-E. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and my YouTube channel. Now, I also have my website and it's www.budgetauntie.com. A-U-N-T-I-E. All right. Thank you so much for that. No, guys, this has been such a pleasure talking with 
our budget auntie, right? I wish I would have known her sooner. Right. <laughs> right? But it, it's been a pleasure. And that's a wrap, guys. Tune in next week. And remember, for all your wealth management needs, just call us at 876-960-5000 or email us at wealthinfo at myvmgroup.com. Podcast production courtesy of Infinity Media. And don't forget, you can build your wealth with us at VM Wealth Management. Advice, solutions, and performance. (laughs) 